0: Tyler. Hey, Jay. How are you? I'm just so lovely today. How are you?
1: I'm very, very, very good. Very, very, that's very. Three good. varies. Was three three very. varies. It's a 3V day. It is. It's 90 degrees outside, and I hate that. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll so come time. back to that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, Longtime listeners of the podcast, well, first of mm-hmm. all, notice that we're back after uh, a, an extended hiatus.
1: Hooray! Welcome back. Uh, yeah, I was. We've on been a, waiting for you.
0: I was on a trip to the Himalayas to find myself.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I traveled I, in time and I just came back. Oh, uh, but I I, I I missed it. I meant to come back six months ago, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that we could we, there wouldn't be a gap. But this was. Did you
0: go to the future? Or did you go to the past?
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Just yeah, I can tell. I'll tell you of... more about that later. Oh, yeah, right oh, here. all the, yeah, very very quantum leapy. Yeah, I was <laughs> jumping all through time, fixing problems. The long, time,
0: long time, long listeners of the show will also know that I, uh, I I have resisted the now massive list of interview questions that we ask. The guests rapid fires that are there's nothing the rapid quote about unquote, them. Quote rapid fires. There's nothing rapid about them, uh, and I am a big fan of the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing to not like about it. First of all, when John Baptiste is your band leader, mm-hmm. you're do- you're fine. You're doing great.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Stephen Colbert has a, a a frequent segment called the Colbert Questionnaire, uh, spelled with a T. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and as I was as I was watching a very recent episode, I thought this is a good rapid fire
1: kind of questionnaire to nice, be
0: fully nice. known. And you've not heard this before. I've not, not heard them at it. all. Yeah, I'm okay. very
1: unaware of it. Uh, uh, I I've actually uh, because it's not on Hulu. Mm. I don't ever really see the Late Show. YouTube,
0: man, you get the you got to sit YouTube's through the YouTube is where it should
1: go. Yeah. yeah, I think I just out of out of principle, anything that CBS airs and they kept they keep on their proprietary. CBS yeah, it's kind of like Plus or whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, I, I I resist that, so mm. I don't watch CBS things because out of protest. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah,
0: and at, at, at some point in the human evolution,
1: everything is just going to be a streaming service mm-hmm. that we will have to subscribe to. I mean, a long time ago, I was a big proponent of saying like, I don't know why every channel is a la carte because there's specific channels I want. To, I didn't want to pay two hundred dollars a month for everything when I only watch like ten channels and now that's the world that we live in and mm-hmm. it's annoying
0: <laughs> i thought i wanted this i did not
1: yeah it's i mean it's better than the other way but it's still annoying i just want to watch baseball man i'm um, uh,
0: hockey just yeah. if i could find a way to watch hockey without paying for cable subscription
1: well and i've said this before i get the mlb tv which is 129 and for the season you can watch every single game that is played in the majors except for the team that plays locally <laughs> except for any one game, you want yeah. i can see any game except for pittsburgh pirates games which is fine because the pirates are terrible but yeah. uh it's and i keep getting it free so i mean that that's the other thing is that uh through t-mobile every year they give it to me free which is great uh but i would pay 160 dollars if yeah. like give me i'll pay an extra 40 yeah for what do whatever you want? the rights What's the number?
0: are number i'll pay yeah. the number
1: yeah i don't want cable i, I don't want to pay that i don't want to pay 170 dollars a month which is what cable is anyway yeah. Back to the question. Back to this rapid fire thing we're talking about. (laughs) This is why.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So here is the Colbert questionnaire. We will both answer. Tyler has never heard the questions before. Oh, nice. 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 Yeah. Number one What is the best
1: sandwich? Oh. Uh, Best sandwich is. Oh boy! So many sandwiches came into my head, and in, initially it was a Subway sandwich, which is the, not like definitively not the best sandwich. Right. I think that that was my default <laughs> image of a sandwich. Quint essentially
0: um, not the right sandwich.
1: Yeah, I think a sandwich, uh, the best sandwich, like in general, would be one of those open-faced sandwiches that have a bunch of gravy on it. But mm. I think that that's less of a sandwich because you have to eat it on a plate with a fork yeah Uh, so that's more just like bread with gravy and roast beef on it Uh, I think that I mean the best sandwich here's my answer definitively the best sandwich is a sandwich that somebody else makes for you man Uh, yeah and and I mean that in the sense of like not necessarily at a restaurant I do like a restaurant sandwich but I love sandwiches but I can eat a sandwich in like 15 seconds and it (laughs) takes to make a good sandwich takes 5 minutes yeah 10 minutes something like that um so uh, the lovely Christine is really great at making sandwiches, and uh, sometimes when I have been traveling, she has made me a travel sandwich, and uh, that is and, and take all the patriarchal things out of that. Yeah, this is yeah, not yeah. Like don't read anything into it. But into like, it yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, this is just I my the speed at, with which I will eat a sandwich is impro- disproportionate to the speed at which I will make a sandwich, and so I don't eat sandwiches very much. But when someone else makes you a sandwich, that's good. It feels really good, and yeah. and she's really good at like putting all kinds of like. Really interesting things on it and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, a a made sandwich by someone who likes you.
0: I I appreciate the situational answer because mine is uh, the sandwiches at the rest stops of the bike tours I do. Oh yeah yeah. When yeah. you're when you're like hoofing through. Best burger and, on the trail. Yeah oh, yeah yeah. That kind of stuff. That's good. Yeah, John Baptiste. Side note: We're not being rapid at all, but John Baptiste did That's this okay. the other night and broke the internet by saying the best sandwich is a hot dog oh not that just to respect, even argue respect. that that a hot dog is a sandwich but that it is the of best is. of
1: sandwiches that's that's a bold that's the boldest statement yeah yeah, yeah. throwing out like i think that uh yeah I, i've clearly come down on hot dog as sandwich but hot dog as best sandwich right
0: That's offensive and then
1: what's the best hot dog like that <laughs> that makes it even more interesting there i i got real into this past week uh, a thread on TikTok of this certain person which just talks to, uh, and, and it's TikTok, so it's like a minute long, but it's like, here are five people from five different countries and they here's what they put on a hot dog. And everybody puts, like, the weirdest stuff. Like, yeah. Sweden puts, like, loot fisk on it or stuff like that. And, like, okay, and one of them, like, puts, like, mangoes on it. Like, there are all things where, like, I would like to try each of these. I don't think most of them would be good, but the fact that, like, they are... Uh, it, the normal thing to put on your hot dog in this specific part of the world. That's a very, it, everybody has hot dogs. Like that's the interesting thing. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we're one question into the 15. Uh, <laughs> I love
1: it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Number two. This is the first time we're doing it though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Number two, what's one thing that you own that you really should throw out?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, 80% of the stuff that I have. <laughs> uh, I mean, I want probably all the DVDs I have. Hmm. I have hundreds of DVDs, but there's part of the, like, I'm still in the, I think having physical media is a solid thing because all of the, I, I have over a thousand movies on iTunes, which is insane. Um, but, uh, and, and the, the thing, they are very convenient. And most of the movies that I have on DVD, I also have on digital. Uh, but when I die, apparently legally, all of that goes away. I have just rented those for life yeah and so they don't get transferred on there was a legal thing that Bruce Willis did uh, like 20 years ago about how he in his will left his iTunes uh, library at that point like the music library to his kids and the then there was this big question of like legally you can't do that Wow legally it only belongs to the person and when that person dies it it the 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 license that you have purchased is just a lifetime purchase for you. So. Well, so the moral of this story is don't die. Yeah, don't die, and apparently don't throw out all yeah. of those, yeah. all of the physical media. But, I, I mean, it, it literally is just in, in cardboard boxes in the other room. Like, I don't even have them on display, because why? Yeah. Because they're all, they're all streaming.
0: How about you? Uh, t-shirts. I have, mm-hmm. I don't know why, every, like, year or so, I go through a, a cleanse, mm-hmm. and they keep coming back. I keep finding more and more T-shirts that I don't wear. I never yeah. wear them. I, there's like a whole the bottom layer of my drawer of t-shirts just sits there uh, and yeah, never gets I have, in cycle
1: I have a whole bin of t-shirts that are way too big for me now mm-hmm. that have been way too big for me for a year and a half and hopefully will always be too big for me but I keep holding on to them yeah. in, the, in the worst possible way because it really is just like not trusting that I can not gain the weight again yeah.
0: uh, number three what is the scariest animal
1: uh, a goose
0: why? <laughs> Why? I'm gonna have you defend it's the that only, one.
1: It's the, yeah. It's the only animal. You know, well in in my life. It's the only animal in real time. Like I don't think it's gonna kill me because all of the other animals that like could kill you, you have a reasonable respect for. Mm-hmm. And like you're not gonna like be in the park and just see an alligator. Uh, like if you're in Florida, maybe. But even then, they'll have signs or something. Like there or like a tiger. There's not gonna be just a a murder animal anywhere close to you. Uh, but geese are everywhere, and geese are jerks. Yes, and so they are, uh, and they're big, and they will come at you, and they won't kill you, but no. they'll hurt you. Yeah, and they they, they are bite. not afraid to fight you. Yeah. yeah, they bite. So I mean, like dogs are a mean dog is probably worse, but the the encountering of mean dogs that will bite you, uh, usually we have enough sense to have our 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 spidey sense up about it. But geese. <laughs> You we know, we are comforted into thinking that geese are fine, and and I I got cornered <laughs> on a, on an island in the middle of a cemetery. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a weird dream, but it, it, I was at a cemetery in L.A. This is like ten years ago, uh, and there was like a little island, and I got cornered by a giant goose, and then a pack of geese, and it just wouldn't. And there was one way off the island, and it was sat on the on the. On the little uh, bridge there, and wouldn't let me go. Did you swim it was, for it? Was that? Uh, no, I finally had to like push past it, and it tried to bite me, and it was terrifying. <laughs> oh,
0: man, uh, I, I gotta I'm go a- with uh, like the venomous snakes. I'm always out riding on trails, and you kind of the same yeah. idea. Like you never yeah. know. A, if you see a snake, is it a, is it an okay kind or is it a murder noodle?
1: Yeah. yeah uh, that's
0: true. And two, I I don't even want to know how many times I've ridden past something that could cause me harm mm-hmm, and just been mm-hmm. thoroughly unaware mm-hmm. that I was there.
1: Yeah. The only thing that I will kill are black widow spiders. Yeah. And all other spiders, I'll try to like get them out of the house. Like I, I, I tend to not kill things, even bugs. Uh, I mean, I'll kill a uh, hornets. I'll kill hornets. Yeah. Too, but, um, yeah, Black Widow Spiders, which you don't really see around here, but when I lived in North Carolina, I would see them all the time. I'd be like, no, oh, no, you can't yeah. be in the house. Sorry, lady. Get Sorry. out of here. Get out of here.
0: Yep. Get out of here, Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, apples or oranges?
1: Uh, I mean, functionally, <laughs> if I had to pick, like, one for the rest of my life, it would be oranges. Yeah. Because oranges have a higher rate of success. Yeah. <laughs> In what? Like, like, climbing well, the social no, ladder, or? how many times have you bit into an apple and be like, "Oh, it's not that great." Yeah. and it's not like a bad apple; it's just like not a great apple. And but once you bite into it, you are you're stuck with that apple. Like you can't be like, "No, thank you." Like the Right. Once the seal has been broken, that <laughs> apple has a, has a an expiration date of like an hour from that point. You break it, uh, you bought it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, oranges. You can get a lousy orange, but a lousy orange. Uh, it's not as. Uncommon, and your hands smell nice. I like the way right. you, when you peel an orange, hands smell nice. Yeah, I agree with all that.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with all that. Number five, have you ever asked someone for their autograph?
1: Yes. Who? Well, that's another question. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. A baseball player. Um, it would have been Andy Van like who Was a center fielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates when I was a kid. We waited outside by where the players come out of Three River Stadium and I saw Andy Vance-like and I asked him for his autograph and I do not know if I got it. <laughs> I don't know if it was a success or not. Yeah. yeah. I have met several famous people and very intentionally did not ask them for autographs because I'm, especially when I get in front of famous people, I get very protective of them, like, they're normal people. I don't want to treat them any different. Like, right. I saw, we met Lisa Kudrow from Friends on. Uh, When I was in college, we did this, like, mission thing to Italy. And we were in Italy for six weeks uh, with this group through the mission conference. And we were waiting in line to get on a ferry to go to the Isle of Capri. And Lisa Kudrow was right in front of us. So we were standing in line for, like, 40 minutes with Lisa Kudrow. Chatted. Like, we realized it was her. People in the group were freaking out. And I was like, shut up. Like, I was trying to get, like... (laughs) She's just uh, a She's on vacation with her family. And then finally, like, one of the guys, like, talked to her. Like, her kid was, like, making faces. So he's, like, playing with a kid and then talked to her. And then he's like, you're Lisa Cooter, aren't you? And she's like, yeah. And then we chatted with her, and it was very nice. Maybe we were there for, like, 20 minutes. But long enough that, like, it wouldn't have been unreasonable to ask. But I was very adamant about not asking. I didn't let anybody else ask. And even when uh, she – one of the – people in our group asked if we could take a picture with her and she was like yeah just not with my kid and her husband was there and willing to take the picture and I was so determined to not inconvenience them I was like no I'll take it so yeah. we have a picture of our whole group with Lisa Kudrow without me in it because I'm taking the picture yeah. how about you?
0: yeah I uh, w- when I was a uh, freshly graduated from high school we went to the Alive Music Festival this is my favorite story We found ourselves in line for autographs from the Christian band Third Day. Mm -hmm. uh, And I did not have any Third Day memorabilia to have autographed, except I had my yearbook with me for some reason. (laughs) In my basement downstairs, there is a, and they all played it exactly right. They were like, Hope you have a great summer. summer." (laughs) Don't ever change. Mac Pal. You know, like, that's a good keepsake
1: one of my favorite little every time i think of a yearbook uh we got middle school yearbooks and i had uh i would get teachers to sign like i got my friends to sign it but then a couple teachers i would have sign it and one of my teachers signed uh have a productive eighth grade this was at the end of seventh grade and my friend brilliantly this is the funniest middle school thing that you could do he like indecipherably wrote re in front of that so it says have a reproductive eighth grade and it really looks like the teacher wrote that. And I was like, I, that's the funniest joke that an 8th grade boy can think of.
0: That's the high point of 8th grade boy. It was, it was boy. comic
1: gold. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Only, only I will see it, too. Because I'm, but I'm thinking, like, anybody who looks at this book is going to think that Mr. Winter said have a reproductive 8th grade. Oh, uh, great. I did get, uh, I just now remember I got um, Ben Folds to sign oh. something. Nice. At a uh, at, at Westminster College, he came and played it. It was they got booked before they got big, and this was just after Brick came out, so it was oh, just wow. at as they were at the peak of their theme. But, but both the beginning a room and of it, yeah, twenty people in, <sighs> uh, in in Westminster College because Westminster College was lame enough that we didn't know who Benfold's Five were <laughs> when Benfold's Five was at their peak, and you could tell that they did not want to play that room, but they were already booked. And I was in high school, and I came like to this college thing that i wasn't supposed to come to and i got them to sign something at the end of it nice oh and i got uh they might be giants to sign something too. nice
0: nice all right bear in mind this is colbert so this is not from a particularly religious background but Mm. question six what do you think happens when we die
1: uh i think we (laughs) go to heaven Uh, and I think I mean ultimately beyond that, we've talked about this here and there, but here's the, the quick answer is that I think we, we go to be with God and then at the end of all things that God comes to be with us mm. and that we, that there is a new heaven and a new earth and that we are in a physical place where we are all together with God, not just a spiritual place somewhere else, that this world matters and that the restoration of this world is the eternal realm in which we live together with God. Yeah
0: That's yeah, I agree heartedly and, and probably could not have said that better i think that's an interesting question as we think about maybe doing this with other guests because mm-hmm. even among mm-hmm. christians the answer to that question varies greatly depending on what tradition you come from and mm-hmm. and you know yeah that's good favorite action
1: movie uh, uh i mean die hard die Hard's best yeah. action
0: movie air force One.
1: Oh. Get off my plane.
0: In terms of just like a movie that is going to soothe me in the right amount of uh, things blowing up and the right amount of Harrison Ford being just mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. Air Force One.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sirius black. And, the yeah, bad guy
0: Gary Oldman, yeah. uh, Commissioner Gordon himself. You
1: know. Yeah, yeah. Favorite smell. Uh, citrus. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Yeah, good. Good. I do, I mean, like also summer rain. I just – it's my answer because I stole from
0: from one of these other ones. Uh, uh, I didn't know there was a word for it, Petrichor. Oh.
1: It, it's, Isn't that uh, – that's a kind of, like, indie rock? Yeah, yeah. Petrichor. Very specific. It's, like, Russian <laughs> Russian indie rock.
0: It's bands that cover the Christian band Petra <laughs> yeah. in a hardcore <laughs> setting. Petrichor. <laughs> yeah, that's up there. And also bacon.
1: Mm. And
0: any and all types of bacon.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Least favorite smell. Uh
1: someone throwing up.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sarah and I landed on and this might just be a stage of life thing, ki- milk vomit. Like when the kids oh, yeah. were little and they'd puke up milk. That's ugh.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the like formula. Yeah. Oh yeah, formula was gross. Like we we uh all our kids were breastfed but then we had to do formula just for a little bit and they spit up a lot which is different than throw up it's just like they eat too much and then their stomach's like no thank you and so like just kind of overflows basically uh but when when we had to do formula a little bit all of a sudden it's like when they spit up breast milk it doesn't really smell like anything but like when they spit up uh formula it's the worst smell (laughs) (laughs) so bad it's like the inside of a cast yeah Ugh.
0: i've never i've never had a cast I've never broken
1: I them. I haven't home. either, but I've smelled I've smelled them from people. That's weird. That's a weird thing to confess. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let me smell that cat. Yeah. Yeah, come here. Uh
1: exercise, worth it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, but not uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh working out, not worth it. Exercise, right. yes, worth right. it. So well, that, being active, absolutely.
0: That's yeah. Again, I'm in the deep throes of cycling season, like just finished a couple mm-hmm, events, mm-hmm. and Sarah and I took the Colbert questionnaire the other night, and I don't think that's exercise. Like, it's so much fun. That's I, a different thing, yeah. I am exercising.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Maybe the distinction between exercise and workout. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to work out. I'm not trying to get strong. I'm just having fun on a bike, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is worth it. Just going to the gym to lift heavy things feels...
1: Yeah, I would say yeah, and exercise, exercising like being active, getting your heart rate up, doing, being intentionally active, uh, very worth it. And I, I mean, that's part of the story of Tyler uh, getting healthy is just walking, mm-hmm. uh, and with intention, um, working out, and that like I'm going to do these reps for that thing and this thing. Like I don't, I don't yeah. think that's worth it. I think it. I don't think that's worth it. <laughs>
0: Please save all comments for. for <laughs> don't come at mm-hmm. us yeah. for
1: the for the for the theology of uh, CrossFit that yeah. we will do <laughs> with one it's of on. our various CrossFit friends. That's It's on the list.
0: It's on the mm-hmm. list. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, flat or sparkling?
1: Uh oh. I mean, I like them both, but sparkling, if I can get it, I think. I mean, I've never at a restaurant. That seems weird, but like when I'm drinking water uh, at home. I'll drink like the what I call LaCroix, the fake LaCroix, the mm-hmm. Aldi's brand of LaCroix, <laughs> um, which is Bellevue, uh, because it's super cheap. But I I do like that. But I, I'm also like, I'm neutral on both of those. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I'm pro water. Drink water.
0: Drink water. I like LaCroix, LaCroix, LaCroix. I don't know why. I can't figure this out. It messes with my stomach if I drink mm. too much of it for too it's long. It's the bubbles. I, I guess but is, I drink Diet Coke like it's going out of fashion and that doesn't yeah, that's bother true. me.
1: It's but the yeah, the LaCroix is it's a it's a can full of burps is what you're drinking. <laughs> uh it's very the carbonation in it, I think because it doesn't have anything else, like the it's just bubbles. Like yeah. whereas you have there is syrup and, and kind of flavoring in uh any kind of pop, even the even diet stuff that I think weighs it down a bit. Yeah. But the uh yeah, carbonation. I am very burpy when I drink any kind of sparkling water. Most
0: used app on your phone?
1: Uh, it's either TikTok or Instagram, um, or the message app. I mean, the message app, if we're counting that all the time, I'm, yeah. I'm on that. That's that's what my my hour rate is up for messaging, <laughs> but uh, the the ones that I spend the most time on it that I wish I didn't are, that that eat my time yeah. is TikTok or, or Instagram.
0: I don't know how many episodes we've had since this, but I am mad at you and Cliff because hmm. I, I was TikTok curious before that episode. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm just all in and yeah, can't stop. It's it's an addiction. It's it. either that or email, which is sad to say. That feels really adulty to say out loud. Like yeah, email. I think
1: that was three episodes back, which means seven months ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> things things have taken a turn. Yeah. yeah,
1: we're now there's that podcast Hardcore History that releases one episode every year. That's <laughs> we're on that target now.
0: <laughs> yeah, stay on target, everybody. Stay on target. Yep yep you get one song to listen to for the rest of your life what is it uh
1: 1812 overture by tchaikovsky the full 16 minute version
0: wow like you had that locked and loaded ready to go yeah Yeah.
1: either that or uh there's a brian eno song that's just uh called one slash one that's just uh an ambient song that's like 14 minutes long but it does it's repetitive so i think i'd go i'd go 1812 just because you get some movements with that yeah uh, I
0: got to go with uh, Movement One from A Love Supreme, John oh. Coltrane.
1: I listened to I think I told you this during the – I did that for my project. I can't – it it made it broke me on that. Like really? I don't like that album anymore, which wow. is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. That's such a good I album. I loved it, and I, I can't listen to it anymore, which is wild. Imagine, That's never happened to imagine me.
0: Imagine building yeah. a church around that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My number two – what would be your number two song be? Mine's Party in the USA by my Cyrus. <laughs>
0: I would probably go with, just for sheer beauty's sake, there's a song by Jonesy called Tornado. Okay. If you haven't heard it, it's really,
1: really, really good. Mm -hmm. That would be a number two. Mm -hmm. Imagine a grown man dressed like some kind of bird singing it. Yeah. Because that's what Jonesy is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: This is one that only you can answer. Uh, Only guests will be able to answer it when we do it with guests if we choose to go that route. What number am I thinking of? Four. And the last question.
1: Wait, was it what was the scale?
0: So no, it's when he does this, it's great. He doesn't give a scale. He doesn't give any parameters. It's nice. just what number am I thinking of? And if I g- also like the no response, right? Yeah, the no they, he up. won't tell them what it is. Like, yeah, no, no, that's great. That's no. great. All right, uh, and here's the last question, and it's arguably the hardest. Describe the rest of your life in five words.
1: Oh, in five words. Yep. Are they just like five? is it a sentence or uh, is it five uh like descriptors I, I
0: think user's choice five words
1: well i'm going to go i'm really intrigued i really wish i could tell it like a five word sentence like a like a story i feel like that's the better way to do it but that would require a little bit more thought so i'll just give you five like adjectives yeah uh wait
0: yeah anybody, anybody that's answered this question on the show has the fingers up counting through the words
1: um, yeah okay I'm gonna do a sentence okay uh, and, and I'm sure I will have a better sentence than this immediately so as I'm listening back to this editing it and hearing it later like there's a better sentence than this but uh, he had fun trying things yeah that's, that's my, that's my yeah. sentence yeah, yeah.
0: Telling a compelling, hopeful story.
1: Mm. Here's my other one. And a Jay Z song was on. That was it. (laughs) Well, I'm Jay. And I'm Tyler. This is Rubick the Master.
0: USA, the official song of roughing the
1: party in the USA. Not born in the USA. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, sir.
0: I was thinking about the boss.
1: Always, always thinking about the boss.
0: <laughs> well, hello, Mr. Fryer, Reverend yes. Fryer. Yes, sir. Reverend Doctor Domsky.
1: Mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It is good to be back. It's good to see you. Uh, it is good to. Uh, so th- today we're talking about. The theology of, of catching up, yes, and uh, it is very apropos. Uh, because uh, if you haven't been aware, we have not released any podcasts for for a good stretch of time. Uh, no, no good reason, just life. Uh, we still love doing the podcast and want to keep doing it, and we know that people like hearing it, so that's uh, there, there's no reason to slow down, no, uh, definitively. Well,
0: I, I would say, though, you know, no real reason, just life. Like, I think coming off of the COVID pandemic,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. life bit back with a vengeance for everybody. It really did. Like, it, it really it, did. It was like we'd been locked in our houses for so long. I think the mood of everybody coming out was, let's do everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I have, for the last, I don't know, six months or so, been really mad at the me from six months
1: before that. Why mm-hmm. did you
0: agree to do all this?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and all the stuff that we took on during the pandemic that was great mm-hmm. and really helpful – that we just is like, well, I'm never going to stop doing that. But then we kind of felt like we had to start doing everything that we had didn't have time to do during the pandemic or, or weren't able to do. Right. And so, yeah, it is like we have all these new healthy habits, but like, let's also bring back those old habits that are healthy or unhealthy. And that, yeah, we we don't have the time anymore, Yeah. but we still act like we do. Yep. Is affliction common to all? Mm hmm. But the uh, – so the notion behind that, though, is that uh, we uh, – you and I, Jay, have only um, only been able to g- uh, get together, like, once or twice in yeah. the intervening time. And oftentimes – I mean, we live uh, – talked about this before. We live probably 45 minutes from each other, <laughs> 35 minutes. But uh, you have to go through a tunnel, which yeah. means that's, like, living nine hours away. Like, I would see people in Chicago before I'd see you because I don't have to drive through any tunnels. Um, I, I – have been
0: part this year um, doing a cohort that meets for mm. two days in a row up your way uh, um, mm. up in Wexford area at Hampton Presbyterian Church. Oh man the first one I did, obviously I stayed at home and drove but everyone since I have gotten an Airbnb because I was like, oh, I am not spending that much time sitting in traffic Yeah, Just, which yeah. is what an hour not even I mean it was routinely taking like an hour, fifteen minutes okay to get to and fro. So that's an hour, 15 minutes, day one, to get there. An hour, 15 minutes, day two, to get home. What's the cohort th-
1: for it? Is this the youth cartel?
0: Yeah, youth cartel yeah. coaching cohort level two. Yeah. Was it at Hampton mm-hmm. before? No, the first time, level one, was at um, Crestfield. So it was kind of okay. that deal. We'd go up to the camp and just be there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that was better. So I've been I've been slumming it up to Wexford wow, so and just living there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, but so one of the things, and perhaps you, hopefully, uh, you, dear listener have friends and relationships like this, that there are certain relationships in your life that, uh, if you don't see each other for a little bit, when you do see that person again, it's a little awkward and you kind of have to, um, I always encountered this at, at things like new Wilmington mission conference, which is this thing that I've gone to pretty much every year. Um. That there are folks that when you see them, you kind of get in the same room and you don't really say hi. You just kind of wait for the other person to say hi because it's like I know this person, but do they remember me? Yeah. Like, yeah what yeah. What's the situation like? And what's the energy like? I don't want to go in too hard, so I will just kind of wait and gauge their their approach to it, and then the, the other person's probably thinking the same thing. So we're both like, "Hey, uh, crazy weather, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's good to see you good how to about see the, you steve like how about them bucks. A, but yeah, yeah yeah like that there's a, we acknowledge the fact that we both know each other but we first interact as though we are people on an elevator together mm-hmm. uh who are just like making some small talk uh, and it's weird and i don't know why that's the case but then there are other friends that you cannot see each other for six months to six years and when you get back together uh there are the the folks that you do the big embrace, you do the man, it's so good to see you. And then there are the other ones that you uh, you pick up as though it hasn't stopped, Yep. as though um, you see this person every day. And fortunately, very very nicely, uh, you, Mister Fryer, fit into that category very uh-huh. very nicely. Like we we will sometimes go a couple months without talking to each other, but yep. when we do, it never feels like oh we need to. It, it never feels rusty. It never feels like we need to kick the dirt off of the the stuff and go through a tune-up. Like it's it's uh, it feels really good. And we have had a couple. Um, I'm glad we have. We 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 did have a, one or maybe just one in this past time. But we've had a a, a campfire. The campfires, man. Yeah. Which tonight's is very nice. Tonight's not the night. Uh, oh no. Uh, no. <laughs>
0: you think like this? Yeah.
1: yeah. We where I've made the trek, uh, the 15 hour drive down to your house through the tunnels. And Make sure uh, your passport's updated. You yeah, know, you yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we we burnt some wood in mm-hmm. your backyard and uh, ate lots of salt. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the fryer fryer way, you know. Burn mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. and eat crap. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the deal. But no, like it's it's when we get together after those long stretches, it's never like. Uh, you know, shaking off the dust or whatever. It's always, you are not going to believe what's happened in the last, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let me tell you the crazy stories that have gone on in the last, however many months, congregational meetings and, you know, things like that. It's, it's fun.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, as we are look, as we think of what um, this, this whole season has been this interesting time uh, as a leader in the church mm. to try to figure out what is the church. Yep. Uh, and I think uh, for our culture, it's been an interesting time to figure out what is the church. I think that the pandemic definitely played a big role in this kind of era of deconstruction that's going on yep. with a lot of folks in their faith. And uh, that to the point that that word has become overwhelming, like the word relevant used to be like um, yeah. that we uh, it's almost kind of, too much of a—it's annoying how much we overuse it. Yeah, and it's become a boogeyman to, to some people in the church. But I think it's a, an incredibly helpful thing. I think deconstruction is not blowing something up; it's mm. it's unpacking it and then taking it apart to see how it works. And that uh, I think that because we had the time away, we were able to really evaluate what it is that we love about that. So, yeah. uh, in that sense, to and maybe this is the larger point coming at us quicker I think that sometimes distance in relationships can make you, uh, can, can help you evaluate that relationship and what that the worth of that relationship is. A lot of times, um, relationships work, um, because of the ease of proximity, right? We tend to be friends with the people that we see every day, or we tend to, Turn the people that we see every day into friends. We tend to, oftentimes we can be in relationships, whether they're friendships or romantic relationships or whatever, uh, longer than we should because we just happen to see those people. It's really easy to see those people that um, just hanging out with that person as a default yeah. thing to do. And not, that's not inherently bad. It's not to say that, you, that the people that you see every day shouldn't be your friends, but oftentimes convenience of proximity yeah. will create that. And so when you do have people that it takes a little bit of effort to see those people, um, it does kind of, I think, make you think more deeply about the energy that you put into that person and the energy that emotionally that you hold on to in being in a relationship with this person that you don't see every day. Right. And I think to to put that then, again, back on the church, I think this deconstructing that's happening where people are kind of, Looking at the, their beliefs and why they believe it, and and really kind of questioning stuff in a good way for the first time in their lives, like saying, "Why do I believe that? Why yeah. do I do these things?" Not saying this is all garbage, but like starting with a point of saying why rather than a point of saying no. Um, and I think that we we do need to ask ourselves, "Why am I friends with this person? What do what do they give to me, and what even more?" in an equal sense, what do I give to them? Yeah. And am I pulling my share? Are they pulling their share? Like what is, is this a taking relationship? Is this a giving relationship? Is this an, uh, an
0: egalitarian kind of equal yeah. relationship? My, my dad used to say, this is the thought I have all the time around deconstruction and that language. Um, but he, he's an engineer and so his brain works different than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me once that as a kid for fun, he took the family lawnmower and tried to break it down into as many pieces as possible Mm -hmm. and then put it back together and make sure Mm -hmm. it still worked. Uh, And so much of deconstruction is exactly that. Like take faith apart to the the barest of minimums. And sometimes you look at a piece and go, "Ah, that's redundant, I don't need that Mm -hmm. in this particular lawnmower. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, And sometimes you find something better to throw in, but like there is a reconstruction on the other side of deconstruction inherently. Even if you deconstruct away to nothing, there's yeah. still a faith there. It's just not a Christian faith. It's a, it's a faith in something else. Right. So I, I don't fear deconstruction at all. And I think to your point, like deconstructing friendships can be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like taking a, 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 there, there have been relationships in my life where it's clear that I'm the one holding the water. Uh, yeah. and, and if you stop texting that person or stop calling that person, the relationship dies. Yeah, uh, if you're not the one pushing it forward and it, again, in a busy season of life, in a, uh, you know, post-pandemic, holy crap, I'm everywhere. Thing like, I, I I don't need that. I don't need to chase people around. You know, like that's yeah. okay. Um, versus the ones that are investing back in you, and you're investing in them. Like that's that's healthy relational
1: mm-hmm. relational work. And there there are definitely relationships. I mean, especially as pastors, there's a lot of relationships, and we are the ones that kind of need to hold the water. But right. that's a different kind of. Well, those are those are not friendships. Those are our kind of mentorships or or kind of teacher-student relationships or something like that Uh, or pastor like person who needs care kind of relationships and and so there's nothing inherently wrong with helping people but if all of your relationships especially the ones that you put in the friendship category which should be uh we can we can lean on each other and that i will help you when you need it but i also will trust that you will be there when i need help um and seeing those relationships that are Either, either kind of vampire relationships where they just suck out of you or uh, kind of superfluous relationships. Like I have a lot of friends that I realized, I mean, having gone through some uh, difficult life stuff over the last two years, um, realizing that there are friends that I reached out to and then friends that I realized, well, I don't know how to talk about serious things with these people. Mm and it it made me realize like not that i don't like these people or i don't need them in my life but that when push comes to shove there are, there are people that i feel like i can share this i can say hey i'm hurting yeah and they and they will at the very least just say that sucks like i don't really need you to solve it i just need you to acknowledge it and then there are other people who i'll say that and they wouldn't know what to do and they'd be like uh i don't i mean like okay anyway let's move on to something else like that Um uh, and it was part of that was the deconstruction thing, like taking away the edifice of like all of these acquaintances that I have, all of this superficial stuff that I have. And and I found some of the relationships that I, that seemed kind of superficial, actually really deep and people came to bat and then uh, one or two of the relationships that I thought might've been deeper were not. yeah, um, And that's in, in some ways is a little sad, but in other ways it's like, it's, it's just helpful to like kind of take stock of things and to, uh, to have Distance sometimes can give you better perspective. Yeah, and uh, that's been helpful.
0: The role of the pastor in this is fascinating. There was a, a big debate um, when I was in seminary about whether pastors could be friends with their congregants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the one professor I had said something really harsh, or it sounds really harsh, but it's ultimately true. Uh, he was saying of someone in his congregation, he's like, "We wouldn't have a relationship if you weren't paying me to be in one." Yep. And it was like, wow, that's really, but that's also kind of true. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you were saying like pastors have to invest in some of those in pastoral care situations or things like that, like that's the job, you know, you can't Mm -hmm. just let that go away. That's a big piece of why you get paid to do this is to Mm -hmm. hold yourself accountable to check in on people that might otherwise slip your mind. Or let's be honest, some people in churches are annoying. Like, and those are the Mm -hmm. ones you have to keep hammering away at. That's, that's, that's an interesting facet of this weird profession is building relationships with people that you otherwise
1: wouldn't, you know? Yeah. And I would, I, I would nuance that just a bit to say that's not all the relationships. Like no. that there are, there are people in the congregation that I would be and am friends with. Absolutely. Uh, And that, and that I, I think that there, there are some ethics that you need to be aware of in terms of when you take on those roles, but like there's nothing wrong with being friends with people that you are their pastor, right? but just recognizing that it does, it does impact the way that you can be their pastor. Yeah. And so that you need to clearly delineate some of those stuff. So you need to be that. And also their friends, I mean, being a pastor, I'm friends with people who m- most of my friends don't go to my church. Um, but there have been times where I've been kind of called upon to play the role of pastor mm-hmm. for my friends. I just did a funeral for uh, family members of uh, my, my friends that don't go to my church. Their family members didn't go to my church. Like, I, I was only affiliated to them as Tyler, not as the pastor, Tyler. But I took on the role of pastor in that thing and I, in a way that I wouldn't have been able to had it not been for the friendship. And in a way that they probably wouldn't have had someone to do that for them in terms of the funeral uh, had we not had that relationship. So it, it kind of goes both ways where you're always a pastor even in the situations where you don't think you are. You do represent kind of the church to people who who may not have that as a major part of their life. Um, and and then the flip side is that kind of it's, it's okay to be friends with people in your congregation yeah. but don't assume that... Uh, I, I used to think this with youth ministry um, going to the to like a, an amusement park. So there are kids in the youth ministry that are super fun. Like that are great. And they're fun kids to spend the day with their fun kids to like go to amusement park. They're always going to be fun. Like that's, that make, that's what makes youth ministry fun. Yeah. We're not paid to be with those kids no. like that. Those are the kids that like, I would hang out with this person. And it, like if it, it, in a, in a w- situation that wasn't weird to yeah. be like a 25 year old hanging out with a 12 year old, but like <laughs> that, <laughs> but that sense of like, um, uh, I don't... They don't need me. Like, this kid's going to have people who want to ride on the roller coaster with them, even if it's not me. Uh, the kid who has no friends, that's the kid I'm paid to be here with. Yep. Now, I don't ignore any of the kids, but I need to make sure that that kid who doesn't have anybody to ride with yeah. does. They get a couple laps it, on the roller coaster it, it, with yeah, you. yeah. And, it, and it's me. And maybe I spent... And that I didn't come to the amusement park to have a great day. Right. I came to the amusement park to have help these kids have a great day and help these kids feel like that they're part of something and the role that i have in including this person who everyone else doesn't want to include one if if i have built the relationships with the other folks then they will also kind of pattern or model the the relationship that i'm having with this kid that nobody likes um to a degree right and Ironically, the exact same principle applies in the church. There are people in the in the congregation that we all kind of unspoken are like, oh yeah, that person, and like, uh, and it may be something like, oh don't get caught after church with uh, Margaret because she's <laughs> boy, she'll catch your ear, and she just wasn't like. And that's the kind of thing that like eighty year old ladies will say about other eighty year old yep. ladies, which is just like the same kind of bullying, gossipy way that twelve year olds talk about twelve year olds. But like, maybe Margaret doesn't have anybody to talk with. Yeah, for the rest of her week and this is the one thing so like give her that time and don't just like try to patronize her but like try to be genuine and sometimes that's hard and i wouldn't choose to do that right and so that's that is the job yeah is is making everyone not just have the opportunity to be included but actually be included and it also like sometimes you do become friends with those people yeah that the, i think one of the most helpful pieces of advice i got when i
0: came here to laboratory you know, kind of a small-ish congregation, again, about 25 in worship regularly, 70 or 80 mm. on the books. Mm. Uh, best One of the best pieces of advice came from you, like, oh, so it's a youth group of old people. yeah, Like, it, yeah. Uh, of older people, I should say all mm. old people. But like, it's a youth group, right? So it's the same dynamics at play. Like, turns out the stuff you're struggling with as a teenager isn't too much different from the stuff adults are struggling with. Yes, yeah, you come with new perspective and new uh, education and all kinds of new tools in the toolbox, but the problems and the struggles are pretty dang similar. Um, So yeah, like there, there's something in that of creating a culture and that, that's, I think the real sweet spot of pastoral work is not just like you were saying, not just hanging out with the kid that no one wants to hang out with, but creating a culture where everybody wants to hang out with the kid that no one wants to hang out with. Right. Like, Uh, and that's that's tiring work, but it's really interesting uh, relational energy to try and throw out there into the world.
1: Yeah, I think that, I mean, to, to that end, the being a youth pastor really equips you to lead a, a a church as a head pastor, solo pastor, far better than anything else because y- you see all of the stuff, all of the things that adults do but hide behind adult language and just adult cultural expectations are the exact same things that kids do. Like we all, that was one of the more disenchanting things to me about growing up. And I'm sure I've said this before. Like when I was a teacher um, right out of college and I went into the teacher's lounge for the first time, it was a terrible place to go (laughs) and seeing all of the teachers just be petty and immature and stupid and like complain about the kids and like realizing like, Oh no, (laughs) this whole like I'm I back I figured, where I started I yeah. when I graduated thinking like oh man I don't feel like an adult yet I hope that one of these like I hope it'll just kind of click in or like I will go into some secret room and they'll all be like here's all the adult stuff and I went into that secret room and it was called the teacher's lounge and then <laughs> here's the secret we're all stupid idiot like middle schoolers like we are all afraid and we are all uh into peer pressure and we're all like all of the dumb things that we feel like we're going to grow out of it's all there it's just adults are pretending to know what's going on and that was really frustrating but also really helpful to have it laid bare so clearly And uh, the same thing, as I was doing, I mean, my deal with God when I became a pastor was I'm only going to do youth ministry because I don't like adults. (laughs) Because kids are honest and and adults aren't. And and when I started to realize as I was, it was becoming harder and harder to do stuff as an associate pastor, um, that do stuff with a larger church. I started, when I would teach adult classes and stuff, I just taught the same class that I taught to like confirmants, but didn't tell them and treated them like kids without telling them I'm treating them like kids. Meaning like you just assume that they have questions. You don't say, does everybody have questions? Oh, we're all good. Okay. Moving on. Like adults have questions and they don't know what's going on. They're just not going to ask. And so uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the same strategy, right? Mm -hmm. When I was at Westminster doing youth ministry, we did a thing every Friday during the school. We, the kids, the high school was right next to the church. So kids would walk over, we'd throw them on the bus and take them up to uh, Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. And when I said to adults that like, Oh, what do you do at Chick-fil-A? Like, do you have a Bible study? Do you pray? Do you, what? No, nothing. It's just, here's a chicken sandwich. How was your week? You know, like yeah. that, that was the whole deal of it. And for teenagers, adults would come at that and say, Oh, that's really great. Like that you're investing mm-hmm. in those relationships, whatever. When I came to the laboratory, we started a thing called the harvest Hoot Uh, and now we have one for every season where we have a literal fleet of fire pits uh, we have four fire pits, and we just throw them out in the yard, and there's no agenda. It's just the hot dogs and s'mores. And nice. It's the same thing. I don't know why adults have a harder time in that moment saying, well, what What do we do? Like, are we having a Bible study? Are we having a prayer group? Are we having a—is yeah. there a program? No. <laughs> We're just going to sit around a fire and talk, uh, yeah. and, and I'll bounce around to different fires and talk to different people throughout the night. And, like, it's easily one of the most successful things we do. Like, it's just— hanging out uh, and well, b- and catching up right like that's yeah, the, whole deal. Yeah. the whole
1: yeah the whole point of this yeah that's a. <laughs> I i was gonna make that turn that like we don't have space as adults for catching up no um whether it's after having seen i mean the, there's kind of the one notion of like kind of having those friendships that we're, like we talked about where you can just like pick it back up but the other thing of like we don't have time for small talk we don't have time to go Drive to someone who lives seventeen hours away and just like sit and talk around a fire. Like it's getting longer
0: every time you you bring it up. It like, is. It, it's, it is. Yeah.
1: You, you're sliding away. <laughs> like the South Hills just slide further away into <laughs> another dimension. Uh, the but that that notion of uh, of just being present together for no reason other than to be present together is such a a difficult concept for adults. And, and a difficult concept for life. Like that, we need it. We need that type of fellowship, but we don't make that kind of fellowship. Even the sense of, of communion. So communion is the one of the two sacraments we have in the Protestant church. And we have made it so holy, so, so important that we feel like, oh, well, this is precious. And it has to, like, it's all about the meaning. When really Jesus chose the elements that were present at every single meal. Yep. So he chose, and, and the whole notion is not do this so it's special. He's saying like do this every time you get together. Every time you eat a meal with someone, remember this. Yep. Uh, it is akin to like how we would say grace or something like that. It, it is basically like know that I'm with you every single time you eat food. Yep. And, every, and when you do it, do it with people. And when you when you have bread and wine, that's like having like water and breadsticks at Olive Garden. Like it's the thing that they just give you before they even ask you what you want. Yeah. Like bread and wine were at every single meal. This is not a special meal. He didn't he didn't consecrate something special. He consecrated something normal. And the whole idea was that we need to catch up. We need to get together. And we need to do that on a regular basis. And the whole notion of what the church is, and we kind of missed this with the. The culture of the close personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the, like, say the prayer and make this commitment, like, that is not scriptural. No. <laughs> the the whole idea is that we are called to this together and that when two or three are gathered, then Jesus is there. Not when one person who says a prayer uh, calls upon the name of God that God suddenly shows up. Like, yes, God is there, but God is most truly present when we are in community, when well, we they- are— catching up with people.
0: The breadcrumbs for that are all through scripture. And one of my favorite things, another professor at seminary pointed out, um, that he went through and counted all the days that are recorded in Jesus ministry, like, Mm -hmm. and he came away with like a a liberal estimate of 165 days are recorded of -hmm. Jesus ministry out of three years. That's next to nothing. Uh, so like there were really awesome, miraculous, special things happening sometimes, but the bulk of it was with this traveling band of
1: disciples. Just
0: hey, let's hang out. Hey, let's sit yeah. by the lake. Let's fish. Hey, let's. And do, it makes a point laundry, to say when he, you know.
1: And it makes a point to say when he went off by himself, yeah. meaning that when it doesn't say that, he's with people, right? That he's with his his friends, yeah. just catching up, just hanging out like there. that. And even the forty days when he comes back, like that. It just I mean, he says he, he spent time teaching with them, but he also just spent time eating with them yeah. and hanging out and just doing, doing stuff. Doing what he
0: did, yeah. Like, yeah. there, there is biblical and inherent value to just a relaxed relational existence. It doesn't all mm-hmm. have to be, you know, again, communi- the point of communion is interesting, some of the conversations we're having around here at this church. But, like, it doesn't have to be silver platters and goblets mm-hmm. and, you know, it should not be those single serve things that came out during the pandemic. Cause those, those are, are the horrible. The worst. It's, Oh, it's and at best. Yeah. But, but anyway, like the, 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 what of it doesn't matter. It's to your point, like the relational side of it. And if, if the pomp and circumstance of communion or worship or whatever the church is up to gets in the way of the relational element of it, man, we're off track. Like we are just yeah. not, not where we need to be.
1: Well, and I think we've we've said it before. I know I've said it a bunch, of, like in life. So I'm sure I've said it on the podcast. But there, there's most of our relationships in life are transactional, mm-hmm. and that's a very different thing than than a truly relational relationship. Transactional means like I I get something from you, I offer something to you. And especially in the church, we have people who are good at youth ministry and people who are good at music and people who are good at cooking and people who are good at like greeting and people who are good at finance. And like we find someone's value based on what they can do for the community rather than who they are yeah and our roles that we give to people and that we ask of people is like what can you contribute to this community and that's an important question to ask but if that's your primary role within the community then your relationship with the church is transactional if that's your primary relationship with your friends in terms of what you offer to them uh, and that your role is functional rather than you being hey, this is my friend Jason. Like that, that I, I think the friends that you think of as friends first, where just like being with them makes things better. Um, I always kind of equate it, and I, I've definitely said this, that the difference between a, an acquaintance and a friend is that if you're doing something, that's really cool, and you think, I wish so-and-so was here, because that would, that would make this even better. And if you're doing something in general, I mean, obviously there's certain things that it's nice to, to be by yourself, but if you're doing something and you think, man, this is great, boy, if Jason were here, this would not be as fun. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> Then that's someone who who you may appreciate, but they're not one of your closest friends. And, right. and that, I think that the church is a place where everything we do should be made better by more people being there. And not because it feeds our ego or because the number is there, but because this is something that is, it's just great. Like if you have a meal that's really good and you think, I wish so-and-so could taste this because this would, they would love it. Or I just wish they were here because I want to see their look on their face when they do like. That's the notion of a true relationship rather than I wish they were here because they're really good at cleaning up after the meal, or I wish they were here because they make pie better than anybody else. Like that, yeah. those are good skills, but that shouldn't be our primary function in our relationships. And when we have transactional culture, there's no time for catching up, there's no time to sit around. This is the Mary Martha thing. Yeah, this is the the so Mary and Martha are the the sisters of Lazarus, uh, Lazarus, and this this gets overworked to type A, type B thing. Like, there's lots of really bad reads on this topic. But uh, Martha is uh, so Jesus is hanging out and talking to them at their house. This is not when Lazarus was raised. This is another time that he's there. He goes there a couple of times, and Martha is like working real hard and like. Making food, cleaning up, doing stuff like that, and Mary's just sitting catching up with Jesus, and Martha says to Mary, like, Hey, I could use him help and jesus is like yeah she's she's fine, like we're just catching up like w- that's okay uh and there that's not to to cast aspersions on Martha like there are because that's the culture that we're fed we're we are kind of told that like we need to um that uh, to go back to the larger, th- I mean, to some of the larger themes like exercise or sleep or uh, self-care, like any of those things are not as important as the product that we can produce and the function that we can produce and the transactions that we need to make. And so, sure, it'd be great. I wish I could sit and just chat all day, but there are dishes to be done there stuff like that. And we let the chores of uh, the, the, the chores of community get in the way of the being of yeah. community. That well, they, we don't have potlucks because we can't find someone to, to do all the work. And we don't have gatherings because of that. And that's why, like, something like, hey, we're just going to put a bunch of fire pits out. And we want you to come. And, and people are like, why would I come? What are we doing? A Bible study? What do I have to prepare? It's like, nothing. Just bring yourself. We started doing a thing called Happy Mail Tuesdays, which we now call Happy Meal Thursdays. I won't tell you why we changed the name, but you can figure <laughs> it out yourself. Uh, and it literally is just bring some food. And we're going to be here for an hour. Yeah. And we're gonna be be by the playground, and we're just gonna hang out. Well, even like one of the,
0: it. one of the things I wanted to steal from you in ministry, but freaking COVID, right? Just like, hey, Thursday, I'm gonna be at Panera mm-hmm. uh, from eleven to three. Come by. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I think that kind of simple relational building, and like, like there is I, <laughs> the whole way through. I'm a nerd that always thinks about analogies. I've been getting into fish. I got my goldfish over here, and I have a pond at home. And like, I thought you
1: meant the band fish.
0: Also that, uh, <laughs> this is a farmhouse, um, but, but like there is work that needs to be done to maintain the ecosystem of these tanks and ponds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I have to mm-hmm. put the right chemicals in, I have to take out the bad stuff. I There's managing, but when that becomes the goal, you're not having fun anymore. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, and I think so much of the church and again, I, I'm coming at this from a smaller church where. There's an existential question, I think, in the back of mm-hmm. everybody's mind. Like, are we still going to make it in five years, ten years? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. The Mar- or the the Martha side of it, of doing the chores and setting up communion and cleaning the bathrooms and all the little stuff of church, that almost becomes what we do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not as the things we do so that we can enjoy communion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not clearing away for anything. It's just... The work that needs to be done, and if you're not yeah. doing the work, why are you even here? You know, yeah. like that, and that's that's when things get turned on their head. It's like you still yeah. need to do that stuff, but don't celebrate it as if that's the highest goal of the church. Yeah, that's the high- not
1: the, the goal of the church is not to survive. Right. The goal of the church is to be a community. Yeah. And the better we are at being a community, the better we'll be at surviving.
0: Right. But, There's the joke. You'd be yeah. better off at surviving if you would just give in to this kind of thinking. Yeah. Uh, more people would want to be a part of that.
1: Um, yeah, but, we all want to be married Even even Martha wants to be married Like right. Martha's like, I wish I could do that, but uh, but I can't. And so I need your help. Like w- this is not the time for like sitting around. Like there's work to be done, and that's a good point. But also like that's not that's not why we're here. Dirty dish- dishes are not gonna. The ruin dishes it. will yeah. be there
0: tomorrow. You know. Yeah. Sit down for hopefully a not
1: tomorrow, but like they'll be there later yeah. in the <laughs> <up. laughs> In my case, they're usually there tomorrow. <laughs> Twitter question.
0: Ah oh, man, uh, so, huh?
1: Oh man, you 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 had the superpower of the two Twitter questions. So.
0: I know it's rusty. It's, it's just yeah. a little rusty. Uh, I was, I think the Twitter question would be, all right. So if you have a friend you haven't seen in a while, and you need to catch up, what's the perfect scenario that you could Ooh. make to do it? Oh, Uh, so Tyler and I have the campfire every now and again Mm -hmm. you know 25 Mm -hmm. hours away Uh, um, (laughs) where we just sit together and eat crap food and and sit around the fire and catch up for you and your friends what is the idealist situation if you dream like a catching up date what would it be and what would those circumstances look like in Mm -hmm. 240 characters or less Whew, i oh, was so worried like there the, too that was that, yeah that, yeah well, I and stumped. i want to throw
1: this out even though we're this is going to kind of be our new rapid fire thing for guests but like what is if you could describe the the rest of your life in five words oh yeah what, it would, what would it be so it's a it's perfect.
0: such a good question
1: yeah i'm gonna have a better five words than what i had
0: uh, <laughs> next, next time around
1: next time uh anything to plug real quick
0: oh boy uh if you're not watching obi-wan
1: kenobi what are you doing with your life i'm not watching Obi Wan.
0: are you <laughs> kidding me
1: I still haven't finished Loki, so like. Dude, I'm, I'm in I'm in I'm on the Stranger Things train right now, man.
0: I haven't gotten there yet. I yeah. A couple people spooked me on Stranger Things because I, in general, don't like horror.
1: Yeah, this one this one's definitely leans into the horror. That's
0: season. that's what I've been hearing is like seasons one through three I was okay with because it was horror but like horror light. Uh, this
1: is I mean th- this is more horror scary. It's not the Yeah, than right. Lost. It's just like it lingers on like. Bad stuff would happen in seasons one through three, like someone would just get eviscerated and just like dis- disemboweled, but you'd see like five seconds out of it. Right. In this one, you see like 40 seconds out of it. And it, but it's not, it's less bloody, but it's a little more gruesome. Um, and that there's an actual bad guy instead of just like this evil force. And so that feels more, it, it has a little bit more horror tropes than sci-fi trips, as it has had in the past and so you can see there's always some like movie um analogs to it like it was the first season was like goonies and stand by me and then uh, and then this one is a, there's a movie called altered states which is super weird uh about like kind of and it's a little a little bit like uh, hellraiser a little bit uh It's very—it's a little bit of Exorcist, like—but it, it's really good, and and it's on par. If you like the first three, you will like this one. It just may—you just may need to hide behind the. Like the yep, you know? yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'll get there. Uh, I, but right now, Kenobi I, has my full and
0: undivided attention. It's yeah, really I, good.
1: I want to watch it. Uh, I've heard it's really good. I've heard it makes the prequels better, which that makes me very dubious. Uh, it really I just, does, though. It really, yeah. really does. I really I finished the on Apple Plus. They have the full three series of Long Way Round, Long Way Down, and Long Way Up, which is Hugh McGregor and his friend Charlie Borman go on motorcycle rides. Uh, The first one they circumnavigate the globe. The next one they go all the way from Scotland to the bottom of Africa, and the third one, which is beautiful. The first two were filmed in like the '90s, early 2000s, so they like the uh, they're really great, but the the images are more grainy and stuff. Just looks like an old older show. Uh but the new one just they filmed in 2019 and it is crystal clear and it's beautiful. And they go from uh the tip of South America all the way up to Los Angeles riding on electric motorcycles and it's it's just really compelling. And uh Yuva Gregor is just the most lovely person ever. Yeah. Like I I just want to spend all my time.
0: Two things on that just Mm -hmm. to wrap it up. Number one, uh, the other day, because Kenobi was out, I was watching an interview with Ewan McGregor in my office at the church, and uh, one of our lovely older gentlemen walked in. So I hit pause on the YouTube video, and he said, Is that you? (laughs) I'm done, folks. I got nothing else (laughs) to work on in life. Like, if people think (laughs) that I am Ewan McGregor, all Mm -hmm. set. Uh, He's like almost blind, but give me the win. You know, like, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, number two, and this is this may be an episode coming. I am now the proud owner of a Volkswagen electric Golf.
1: Oh, nice! I have nice, an, nice, uh, nice. I have an
0: electric vehicle, and I have some thoughts on that. So Ooh, how maybe, about
1: it? yeah, I, I do want to talk about that.
0: Maybe that's a teaser for a future episode.
1: But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, high recommend though, especially if you're on the Kenobi train and you're wanting some more, like watch. You could even start with the third one and then go back to the other two, but like it is a great series and he's just a delightful human. Like the way he interacts with people is great. He, like, anytime people recognize him, he will stop and sign autographs and stuff. Like there's one point where they are in the middle of like Brazil or something, not Brazil, but they're they're in the middle of uh, some country in in, uh, South America and most of the time he doesn't quite get recognized but this time like they were at a restaurant and just a bunch of people just like were outside and he just he was like okay well let's I'll form a line over here and he just saw everybody let everybody take pictures he did that at Machu Picchu he like he was having this very spiritual moment of Machu Picchu he gets to the top and a bunch of people recognize him and he like takes the time to like he's very nice to everybody and it, it, you can tell that it's not it's enough that it's not just for the cameras like they could just also not show that if he was having a bad day but he does it regularly enough and his interactions with people are really really kind he's just a kind person it's very very he, lovely to see
0: he threw out there's a, a, a Moses Ingram is in the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, mm-hmm. uh, actress of color and she apparently was getting some hateful DMs and you Star know Star Wars fans are the worst uh, obviously predictable Star Wars fans crap uh, yeah And he posted, McGregor posted a video. It was like 30 seconds long. And I thought it was the just right insult to throw at Star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was like, if you are the one sending this, stop calling yourself a Star Wars fan. (laughs) And like, for General Obi-Wan Kenobi to look you in the eyes and say, "Eh, you're dead to me. That's solid. Like, that'll put a... uh, That's enough. So, he's a good guy.
1: One of my... This is... uh neither here nor there and then we can end after this but one of my favorite tiktoks that i just saw recently uh it was an old one but it was it was rehashed was that uh someone was saying are you telling me that beautiful queen amidala abnabu falls for whiny <laughs> stupid anakin skywalker when she's got daddy one kenobi just standing five feet from her
0: yeah yeah there's some questions there that's yeah was yep, yep. a legitimate question yeah yeah but anyway. all for a future episode i've been jay yeah, indeed and I've been Tyler. And this has been Rubbing the Bye, friends. Bye. Have it, see you next time. When we catch up. Mm-hmm.